Well, it's good to see everyone. Uh, those who are joining us online and in the room. Uh, my name is Anthony Tejeda, if you don't know who I am. Uh, Peter, he's in Florida right now. Uh, but uh, I, my wife and I, we, we're part of, I'm actually a staff member within the church. And we lead the singles ministry, which we love uh, so dearly. But uh, we are glad that you're here. And uh, if you're here for the first time, we are in a tail end uh, of a series called Ask It. And um, uh, next week will be the last one, so you do not want to miss it. But you can actually uh, go to our website uh, just to keep up with us. If you haven't, it's uh, lighthousecoc.com, and we have all the messages there. Um, I'm Mexican, but um, I can't speak Spanish. I think it's like Iglesia de Cristo y Ferro.com. You can go to our Spanish website if you want to. Um, but you can see them as many times as you want. They're free, and they're forever, okay? And so, so what, one of the questions, I, I mean, we really want to talk about a, a serious topic like this. This is a question that, um, that this teaching us, uh, a question we've been asking over and over and over again. That's why we've been spending literally six weeks on this. It's something that for the, for the rest of our life. A series, literally the, the series is asking, and the question is an answer just about everything. You guys remember that question before I put it on the screen? You guys know it? Right, right. What is the wise thing to do? What is the wise thing to do? And, and kind of our, our format, you know, the scripture we've been, we've been focusing on is, in Ephesians is be careful then how, how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And then we kind of, you guys remember that, right? Okay. And then we kind of focused on a three kind of dimensional way of uh, how the scripture is. And we talked about in light of our, my past experience, cur- current circumstances, future hopes and dreams. What, what is the wise thing for me to do? You know, all of us have a different past. All of us have a different stage of life. All of us want a, a kind of a, a different hopes and dreams. And, and what you want maybe is maybe different than what I want. You know, and the question goes beyond what's right or wrong. It goes beyond simply just, you know, the, the lowest common denominator. This, this question takes us to a place, if we're honest with ourselves, and we allow God to literally, you know, drive this question even deeper, it enables us, and, and, and it, it also empowers us to really get the full potential of our lives, to get the full potential what God has for you. And so if, if you're a Christian, what's the wise thing to do? I mean, this, you're required to ask that. Now, if you're not a Christian and you're kind of, you know, not sure about this whole Jesus thing and you know, not, you know, not sure about this whole God thing, you know, uh, we invite you to, to just to ask the question, what's the wise thing for me to do? And so, because you think about it, all of us have regrets, right? I mean, there's, there's seasons in our lives, maybe, you know, areas in our lives, maybe a, a weekend in our lives, maybe a, a spring break in our lives where, where we... we Man, and we can't go back to that. And, and so well, you, you think about it, in light of my past experience, what's the wise thing for me to do? 
you know, the things I've dealt with, family issues are the things that I'm prone to. In light of my, my current circumstances, you know, I, I, you know, I just got married, just got a divorce, I'm in a relationship, just graduated, you know, whatever your current circumstances are, in light of your future hopes and dreams, what is the wise thing for me to do? You know, I talked about, you know, we all have regrets. I mean, think about your, your greatest regrets. And I mean, it's the last thing you really want to think about on a Sunday like this, you know? But the truth is, you know, we ask this question, and the question's kind of like this. How could I have been so foolish or, or unwise? Or, or maybe the, 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 you see it in another way. I, I should have seen it coming. You know, in hindsight of things, I, I just... I should have seen it coming. I, you, know, I, I, you know, I should have paid attention to what she said. I mean, all the warning signs were there, all the clues. I should have paid attention to what he said. All, all the clues were there. I mean, during the interview process, I mean, they gave me so many clues. I mean, why did I miss it? In the same way, I mean, all of us can like kind of look back and, and I should have seen it coming. And, and that's why I want to talk about a few minutes about this phrase right here. I should have seen it coming. You know, chances are, I mean, I should have seen it coming. I mean, there's, there's chances that someone in our life saw it coming, right? And when you look back and all the circumstances and kind of the terrible decisions you make and the unwise decisions and, and, and you got into this relationship, you got out of this relationship, you spent too much money and whatever it is, you look back, oh my gosh, I should have seen it coming. Chances are someone saw it coming. And either you didn't listen or nobody warned you. And the reason probably they didn't warn you is because they didn't think you would what? Listen. Okay, you guys are smart. Some of you guys are smart. They didn't think you would listen. Example, you know, you know I think she would say this. and Well, I'm not going to tell her this because she won't listen. She's not going to listen. So I'm just not going to say anything. He won't listen. I'm just not going to say anything. And I guarantee you that in the big areas of your life where you go, why didn't I see it coming? Why didn't I see it coming? Somebody saw it coming. If you're 18 years old or 17 year old and kind of dealing with the whole high school thing, I know we have some high school students here, or maybe your first year in college, I mean, you think, how could I have been so foolish? Why didn't I see it coming? I mean, I guarantee you someone in your home saw it coming, right? And maybe they tried to kind of creep up to you and kind of maybe during like dinner kind of bring it up or maybe you had like the, the father who was like direct, his direct approach. I mean, if you're a student, you know, the challenge between parents and students, you know, I mean, parents, they can't help it like mamas, right? They see everything coming. I know my mom would see everything coming. I mean, they just can't help it. They see your, like, whole life coming. Isn't it true? I mean, and yet, we just don't listen. And either we didn't listen. And so that, that question is the very big question. It's kind of the, I guess, set, set us up what we're going to talk about today. I mean, why is it that we can't see it coming, but somebody else can or, you know, let me turn it around a little bit. Why, why can I see trouble in your life, 
but you can't? Why, why can't you see trouble in my life, but you can't? And, and why is it I, I should know exactly what you should do, but you don't? And why is it if I tell you my story, you know exactly what I should do, but I don't? And what can we do about that? Because, because I don't want to go through another season of my life and look back and think, why was I so foolish? I don't want to go back, and I know you don't want to go back to another season of your life and on busted relationships, on bad financial decisions, you know, bad profession, you know, or, or bad parenting when you overparented or maybe you underparent or you overreacted and you underreacted where you, you made a decision and you're like, okay, I'm just going to move in and we're just kind of make this thing work. And you look back and you're just like, what? Why didn't I see it coming? I mean, I, I don't want to look back to any of those, and I know you don't want to look back to any of those, but the truth is that just some things, we just can't see it coming. We just can't. But somebody can. Why is that? And part of the reason why is emotionally charged environments are not ideal for decision-making. Just about every kind of decision-making environment is, is emotionally charged, especially the big ones, right? It says every emotionally charged environment is not great for decision-making, and yet every decision, every big decision involves emotions. And so what happens is our emotions make the obvious less obvious. So you think about it. You think, if it's me and my emotions... You know, it's kind of, kind of like fo- I'm in this fog and kind of the, this decision-making. And then you think about it, and if you, you're, I mean, you're not messed up in my emotions. And so you can see clearly there's no pain. You're kind of like in the middle of the storm, but you're above the clouds. I mean, there's no obstacles. You're going your way. And yet it, it, I'm surrounded by all these obstacles. And I'm like going, gosh, like I, I didn't... <laughs> Now, gosh, what should I do? And you're like, really? Really? You don't see it? I'm like, no. Because here's why. Because emotions make difficult decisions. Emotions make decisions difficult. And every major decision is freighted by the parallel of emotions. You you think about, you know, about marriage. And I'm I'm not like a marriage counselor. But, But why is it, and this... You don't have to be brilliant about it. I mean, and why is it either you're, if you're married or you're like single, you, you can literally sit in like a counselor's office and you can listen like couples explain their problems and, and you sit there and it's so obvious. You're like, just don't do it, right? Oh, he does this and he does, well, okay, sir, just don't do it. Oh, she does this, okay. I mean, isn't it that simple? Why is it that I can fix your marriage like in two paragraphs, but my marriage is like, Goes, issues go for years and years and years. I mean, why can't I see it? Why can't I see it? Or you think about kids, right? Like, I mean, don't you know, like, exactly what you need to do with your neighbor's kids, right? Isn't it, like, so obvious? Like, if, if that, was my, that was my son, like, one, two, three, four, five. Or if, if I would never let my daughter do that. Right? I would never, would never let my daughter do that. I mean, I don't even have kids. And, and I look at the way parents deal with their kids, and, and I'm, I'm like, I would never, I would never. It's like it's so clear to me right now, you know? 
But then you have like kids of your, of your own and you're like in this fog for like 18 years, <laughs> right? And you're like, you're looking at each other like, what should we do? I'm like, I don't know what we should do. Like, I mean, like, why is it so hard? It's hard because parenting is emotional. Marriage is emotional. Money, it's emotional. And that's why we look back and have like extraordinary, extraordinary clarity. And, and we think, ah, why didn't I see it? It's because we're right in the middle of it. And we're fogged in, in our own judgment because there's anger and there's lust and there's bitterness and there's jealousy and there's all these emotions and you're, you're trying to make a decision. And so the question is, what's a wise thing to do when emotions are so high and your appetites are inflamed? I mean, what's the wise thing to do when your emotions are so high and your appetites are so inflamed? What's the wise thing to do? What, you know, in, in light of your, your, your past experience, your current circumstances, your future hopes and dreams, I, mean, I really want to make the wise decision. You know, I really uh, want to live with fewer regrets, fewer tears. I really want to, to, to not waste money anymore. But I don't know what to do. What's, because there's so much emotions in this situation. What's the situation. What, what does a wise person do? An emotionally in charge environment when your appetites are awakened and, and suddenly your eyes and your heart is on somebody or something. And, and there's a decision to make. The answer is one word. Listen. Listen. Because you don't see it coming. But I guarantee you someone sees it coming. And a wise person listens. In fact, wise people recognize when there is no condition to decide for themselves, by themselves. Wise people are the ones who hit the, the pause button and say, you know, this, this is emotional. I, I probably get to make the wrong decision here. I, I'm mad. I need to get some advice. I'm so lonely and I'm so prone to fill in the blank. I, need, I probably need to listen. Wise people know when there is no condition to decide for themselves, by themselves. Now, this brings us kind of to the Bible part of the, the, the sermon. You know, we are going to use the scriptures, so, you know, we're here on Sunday service. And, and if, you're, if, if, this, if you're kind of not like a Bible person, this Sunday is actually, uh, is actually hopefully you'll enjoy it because uh, we're going to look into the Old Testament and we're going to talk about a king. And everybody wants to be a king, right? And so we're, we're going to talk about the cool thing. We're going to talk about the wisest man who ever lived. The, the wisest man who ever lived, other than, than Jesus, I guess, was a king named Solomon. He, he was the, the third king of Israel. He was David's son. And he lived during like the golden age of Israel. I mean, the, the economy was the best it's ever been. I mean, they had so much power, more than they ever had. Their armies were as powerful than they've ever had it before. And God, and we'll see in a minute here, God gave Solomon this, this gift of wisdom. Like, he didn't learn it the hard way like most of us learn it, you know? 
or he didn't learn it through like experience. I mean, God said, you know, you know, normally sometimes God gives people like the ability to kind of like uh, be talented with music. They can just hear a song, and grab an instrument, and just play it. Or sometimes God gives the ability uh, of people to 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 do a math problem. I mean, just look at a, a math problem and they can just answer it like that. Solomon, he says, I'm going to give you the the gift of wisdom. And Solomon was so wise. He he was so wise, his reputation wasn't about his riches, even though he he was very rich. His reputation wasn't about his, his, simply about his power, even though he had power. I mean, his reputation was his wisdom. In fact, here's what the scriptures tells us in the book of 1 Kings. It's, It's an interesting story. He says, God gave Solomon wisdom. Isn't that unfair? It says, God gave Solomon wisdom and, 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 and a very, very great insight, and a breath of understanding as measureless as the sand of the seashore. It says, his fame, his fame spread through all the surrounding nations. I mean, the king of Israel was, was well known for his wisdom. It says, from all the nations, all the nations, people came to listen to Solomon's wisdom sent by all the kings of the world who had heard of his wisdom. So when, when, when a king from another nation had to make a big decision, you know what I need to talk? I need to talk to Solomon. I mean, he, he was that wise that people would line up. People would line up in cases, some cases for days and months. I, I mean, his, his, he would hear a situation and his judgment was impeccable. I mean, his understanding of science, math, and art was incredible. He had extraordinary, extraordinary wisdom. But here's the good news. We don't have to get in line because he wrote a bunch of this stuff down. He wrote this book called Ecclesiastics, and if you're like over 30, you love it, and if you're under 30, you're like, why is this thing in here? (laughs) He wrote a book called Song of Solomon's, which is is all about sex, and... uh, I mean, if you're a 14-year-old boy back in those days, it's like you weren't even allowed to read it. And then he wrote a book of Proverbs. It's a book called Proverbs. And Solomon literally draws this vast wisdom that God gives him. And he, and he basically has, a, he gives him a bunch of these one-liners. Like if you open like a fortune cookie and you like read a bunch of one-liners, I mean, that's what he gave him. So all these one-liners, and, and here's the thing, the wisest, the wisest man in the world, the wisest man who ever lived, said more things about counsel and taking advice than any ancient writer. The wisest man in the world who said more about seeking advice than, than, than any other biblical writer. I mean, he, he spoke and wrote about this, and yet he... The man who needed it least, Solomon, spoke and wrote about this. Because the wisest man in the world knew there will be situations where you wouldn't see it coming, but somebody will. And, if, and with the level of if, you have, if you're wise enough to invite people in in the decision-making process, you, you can gain clarity and, and make the, ultimately the, the right decision. And you'd be glad you did. So here's a little tidbits, kind of snapshots in the book of Proverbs. Here's what he says. He says, instruct the wise 
and they will be wiser still. In other words, speak to, counsel the wise, and they will be wiser still. Check this one out. He says, a wise man will hear and increase in learning. And, and a man of understanding, it says, will acquire. This word right here, acquire, means to seek out, to, to, to pay, in some cases pay for, or get a consultant, or, or, or seek counsel. He, he says, a wise man of understanding will acquire counsel. Look at this one. This one is kind of like a negative twist of things. He says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. I mean, I, have you, ever been, have you ever been in a situation like that? Kind of, you know people like this who, who just know everything? I guess you just know everything, right? You, ever, you know someone like that? Have you ever said like, I, I guess you're just never wrong? And they kind of pause and they're like, no, I'm never wrong. <laughs> okay, if someone says you're a fool. To really, you know, to, to, and they really think they're never wrong. He says, a, a, a fool in his, in his right is in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to counsel. A fool in his, in his own eyes, you know, I don't need your advice. I, I, I don't need anything. I can see what I need to do. You know, I see it coming and make decisions all for myself. Where, where's, where's my friend who always agrees with me? Right? But he says, a wise man it isn't the one who needs counseling. Isn't the one who's like, oh my gosh, what should I do? He says, a wise man listens to counsel. Plan fails. Maybe you've heard this one before. Plans fails for lack of counsel. But with many advisors, they succeed. Uh, I mean, you think about this. This, this is Solomon. I, it's amazing he wrote something like this because you, you think of the smartest person you know, the guy who has like the, or the girl who has the IQ like skyrocket. I mean, so smart, they don't even go to school and yet they're telling you the importance of education. You're like, what are you talking about? You didn't even go to school. Or, or you think about like the person who's so talented with the musician or who, who can pick up a guitar or, or just hear a song and just play it and they talk about the, and they didn't even go to school or lessons. They're like, the importance of going to piano lessons. You're like, what are you talking about? You didn't even go to piano lessons. I mean, it's like, you know, here's the wisest man in the world who says, here's my counsel. Get many advisors. Don't do it alone. Don't think that you're so wise, that you're so smart that you see all the eventualities. And he says, invite people in. Get advice. Here's a couple more. He says, listen to advice and accept discipline. I mean, this is correction. It's like, ah, I wouldn't do that. Ah, I wouldn't go over there. I wouldn't call her. I, I wouldn't take that job. Wait a minute, I'm already, I'm already start packing. I'm just saying, I, I just wouldn't do that. He says, he says, at the end, remember, future hopes and dreams. Future hopes and dreams. He says, at the end, you will be counted among the wise. Where, where, where you think, hey, you know, I want to be wise. Yes. Okay. Well, uh, listen to counsel, and you will be considered wise. Now, listen to this one. He says, where there is strife, this, this is literally a, a relational proverb. Where there is strife, 
there is pride. You think about parents and teachers, teachers and kids, you know, husbands and wives, boyfriend and girlfriends, where there is strife, boss and employee, he says, there is pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Now, here's the strange thing. If you start reading the Bible and you go to read Proverbs, you might also want to kind of read uh, 1 Kings as well. Because 1 Kings is a book where you find the story about Solomon. And the story starts off really well. He says, you know, God, I'm a kid. You know, I, I got to rule this nation. God says, okay, I'll give you anything that you want. And Solomon says, okay. He says, I want, I want wisdom and understanding. And God says, you got it. And so it starts off really good. Wisdom, wisdom, wisdom. But at the end, Solomon ignores his own advice. Because Solomon begins to think, hey, you know, the whole world is lining up for me. I don't even listen to anyone. Why should I do that? And even though he spent his whole career saying, no matter what, you know, you're no, no matter how wise you are, you're not wise enough. No matter how wise you are, you always need outside input. No matter how smart you are, you know, pause and invite people in, especially if it's with money or, or relationships. I mean, towards the end of his life, he, he decided, you know, since I'm the wisest man in the world, I'm not going to listen to anybody. And, and he made some terrible terrible decisions. In fact, the summary of his life is that the wisest man of the world made some of the dumbest decisions. The wisest man in the world made some of the dumbest decisions. I mean, he, he wrecked the economy of Israel when it was like the best it's ever been. He, he undermined the, the military authority of Israel, even though it was the, the strongest it's ever been. And he set the next generation for his family up for failure. Because he made decisions and treaties, he decided between Israel and surrounding nations, and the prophets warned him, and the people of God warned him, people around him warned him, and he just wouldn't listen. He decided, hey, I'm the smartest person in the room. People line up for me to hear me. Why would I listen to anybody? And what he did, he, he did what many of us would do. He undermined his own success. Because in his case, maybe in our case, he undermined his own legacy. Here's what I know. If you're watching online or if you're part of our church, you're smart. I'm just gonna say that. If you're here for the first time, you're like, hey, this is pretty good. It's because you're smart. I mean, we attract like smart and successful people. And so here, here's what I know about you. I haven't said anything that's far beyond that you haven't heard before. It's not like, oh my gosh, this guy's so good, you know? Like, get advice? Like, gosh, I mean, I'm writing this stuff down. I mean, especially if, if, if you're a teenager and college student, you know, if, like, you've been saying like, hey, my parents have been saying this my whole life. Some of you are consultants, and you're like, you know, I give people advice like this. Or, you know, some of you are kind of high consultants, and, and this is not like rocket science. 
It's nothing new. It's nothing unique. But the question is, is why do we do this? I mean, we know this. We have all the stories. And yet, why don't we listen? You know, why is it that nobody feels they have the permission to talk to me or to talk to you? I mean, we all know this. And, and especially some of us guys here. I mean, seriously. I mean, they make fun of us because we don't even ask for direction when we're driving. I mean, let's just be honest. Some, some of us guys, we, we don't even ask for directions for our own life. And, 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 you know, especially those we support, or especially those we live with, I know everything. You know, I'm the smarter, I have to be smarter than everyone else. I mean, I mean, why do we keep on doing this? To ignore a principle that's so apparent, something that can benefit us. I mean, even as I speak, I know that some of us kind of nervous twitch, like, I know this, I know this, I know this. And some of the reasons why, at least one of the reasons why, is because really, we already know what the wise people are going to say. And so we don't want to hear it, right? I mean, didn't we spend like 12 and 20 with this mindset? I don't want to take advice. I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. No, let me, let me be a little harsh just for a second because the wisest man in the world, Solomon, who, who, who did, didn't take his own advice, undermining his own authority, said, you know, if you don't do what you know you should do, he uses a term. He says that you're what? You're foolish. He says you're foolish. I mean, it, it, a fool is someone who, who, who knows the difference from right or wrong and chooses to do what's wrong. I mean, if you're one of those people who are here and literally in the middle of a decision and you know what your mom would tell you, you know what your dad would tell you, you know what your boss would tell you, maybe your husband or your wife, and you already know what the wise person in your life's going to tell you, and you don't do it, well, you're just a fool. You'll pay for that. Here's some more. Here's another reason why we don't do this. We don't think it's anybody's business. Right? It's my money. It's my marriage. It's my kids. It's my job. It's my career. It's my company. It's no one's business. So I'm not going to take advice. I'm not going to listen to advice. I'm not going to have, I don't want you knocking on my door. I don't want to read your stupid emails. Leave me alone. Right? Or you get people who are like, hey, you know, just pray for me, okay? How about that? Just pray for me. Don't talk to me, but just pray for me. You know? I mean, how many times have you said that? I have. You know, or where's my friend who agrees with me all the time? The, the person like, okay, uh, well, you're getting advice. Okay, great. So you're, you're talking about marriage with, and, and, and this person's married? No, he's single, but he's my best friend. He knows him better. Okay, like, okay, you're getting some parenting advice. Yeah, he doesn't have any kids, but he, he knows better. He's, he's my friend. Or, you know, I, I just bought a car. Okay, yeah, this guy doesn't have a car. It's not good with his finances, but he, he listens to me. He knows better. I mean, come on, you guys. I mean, this decision, I, you know, I've decided, you know, 
I, I can do it on my own. Uh, there's a problem with that. You know why? Because private decisions have public consequences. Literally, what's made in private doesn't stay in private. Private decisions don't say private. I mean, private, yeah, private decisions don't say private. So, so personal decisions impact more than just you. And give you an example, you, you know, you think about like public scandals, public scandals. You go on, you know, go home and turn on the TV or go on the internet, TMZ or whatever it is. And, 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 you, and you, you look and you, it, it, what does this person say? I can't believe this person did this. Whether it's a, a politician or musician or performer or actor or maybe a person in the community. I mean, you know, public scandals you think about public scandals started with a private decision. All of them, all of them. Private decisions have public consequences. So personal decisions don't say personals, and they involve impact more than you. Now, again, this, this information isn't new either, and yet the thing is, like, gotta figure it out you know I, I can get through this I'm smart enough leave me alone I mean what's that well the New Testament the Old Testament literally common sense tells us that there's a word for that it's pride it's pride I don't need you to tell me what to do nobody needs to tell me what to do I don't need to be told I'm like, I'm grown up. I'm like 17 years old. I, I'm not knocking on 17-year-olds, but I mean, didn't, when we were 17, didn't we think we knew everything? Right? And then we look back and we kind of laugh and like, or you look back at 21 and you laugh, or you look back at 31, and I mean, it doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, you look back at stages of your life and you think, man. I mean, remember what Solomon said. He said, where there is strife, there's pride. But wisdom is found in those who take advice. Let's talk about a couple more seconds here. Two, two more statements, and then I'll kind of wrap it up. But success is intoxicating, and failure is humiliating. I mean, these are the, kind of the root of our pride. You think of success. Success is intoxicating. The, the, the way kind of the world, world works is that if, after a while, if, if you're smart, pe- people think that, or, or if you're super successful and rich, they think you're smart and you know everything. I mean, that's kind of the way the world works, right? I mean, have you ever been like in a room with like a, a super, super rich person? Like you own like a nice car and they own like a super nice jet, you know? And, and, and like everywhere, when they walk in a room, everyone flocks around them. I mean, everywhere they go, and yet, you know, they, they kind of are like the, you know, they walk in a room, and, you know, they're like the man, the most beautiful person in the room, and, you know, they th- people think they're, laugh at their funny jokes, and, and you think about that. Success is intoxicating, and here's what happens, because with super successful people, and sometimes margin of success, the inclination is that they just think they know a lot, and, and 
And so they're expert in, in the industry that they're in. And so naturally they just resist input. And naturally they resist any feedback and, and naturally they just resist counseling. Because I know a lot. I'm super successful, I don't need counseling. You know those people? I got this, don't worry, I got this, I got it. The flip side is failure is humiliating. I know one of the worst things a man can feel, as, and I'm sure a woman can feel this, but as a man's perspective, one of the worst thing a man can feel is to be inadequate. I mean, let me tell you what men do. In areas that we feel inadequate, where someone comes along and offers us, hey, you know, I know you're not doing well with this, so here, I want you to read this book. Here, here, I highlight this book, and I wanted to give it to you. And, and, and why is it? Why is it, ladies and gentlemen, you ever wonder why is it if someone slides something our way? And something like a CD or, you know, I think it'd be good for you to, 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 to go to a conference or here, I want you to read this book. I want you, because this will help you get better. And we just resist it. We push it away. Here's why, because anything that reminds me of my inadequacy is naturally something I'm just gonna resist. I mean, isn't that weird? And so someone comes and, and, and kind of feeds you with information to help you get better, and we resist that. You know what that is? It's pride. And this will undermine your success. I mean, that's what happened to Solomon. And so here's the problem. Success is intoxicating and, and, you know, I can do everything. I know everything. You know, failure is, is humiliating. You know, I don't need to talk to you. I can do it all by myself. I don't need to see a counselor. I can figure it out. And God says, no. You're not designed in that way. You, you, you were born in a community. You need community. You got two ears and, and one mouth. You ever hear that when we're growing up? And so the way, only way for us to emerge in our inadequacy, in the only way for us to, ex, to experience success where, we, where maybe we're experiencing nothing but failure is to invite someone in of, in areas of our weakness where we can listen. I mean, remember, wherever there's conflict, there's pride. And so... I should have seen it coming. I should have seen it coming. I should have seen it coming. Somebody saw it coming. Are you gonna invite them in? It means, are you gonna invite somebody who can see what you don't see? Are you, are you gonna invite, are you willing to, to invite somebody who can see what you're pretending not to see? I mean, wise people, you know, see what they don't know. Wise people seek advice on things they don't know. They're, they're not intimidated or they're not afraid or too prideful to talk to people who know. Wise people know, wise people know when the emotions and the appetites are so enraged, so, so inflamed, it's better to push the pause button and, and to listen and to engage into a conversation. And so in light of your past experience, in light of your current circumstances, your future hopes and dreams, listen. 
listen. And God will use voices and guide people and guard, use people to help guide you and assure you and guard you to never look back to another season, another episode, another relationship, another expenditure of life and wonder why I didn't see it coming. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much this is, of this wisdom, you know, just looking at 3,000 of years of scriptures and yet an example of Solomon, God, where we can learn to, to, to be wise, God. Help us uh, um, with our pride. Help us to really just uh, look at our, our past experience, our current circumstances, our future hopes and dreams and make the wise decision, God, and to listen and to seek counseling and help. Love you. Thank you for today. Amen. Uh, just want to thank you all for being here. Next, next week, we're going to wrap up our series on Ask It. And I do want to encourage you to, we, you'll have a newsletter to, to go over the, the questions, the discussion questions. You guys have a good night or, or a good day, actually. <laughs> <laughs>